The Iowa Hawkeyes get back in the win column as they put 93 points up against the number two defense in the country. And Portal Kirk strikes again. Iowa has landed another in the transfer portal. All coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in once again to the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon, and thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Iowa gets it done 93-82 against Rutgers. They get the season sweep against the Scarlet Knights. Certainly a big one. I believe that Rutgers team that we saw here uh, today was going to be a real good one throughout the course of the season. Pretty much every metric has them as the number two team in the Big Ten. And after a really slow start, remember, I would not score for the first four minutes. So over the final 36 minutes, this team is averaging uh, 1.35 points per possession for the game, 1.26 points per possession. What does that mean? Average is about a point per possession, and that's what you're shooting for to be in the average realm. Iowa yearly is certainly at the top level of that, and to do that against this defense, it was a wow moment. We'll go through it. We'll talk about the game, but now got a little bit of hope. Of course, a quick turnaround now as we get ready for Tuesday night. It will be the Northwestern matchup that was originally scheduled to be played here a couple of weeks back. It was supposed to be the uh, night that they were playing the Chris Street documentary. That will not be happening. They're still going to be though honoring uh, Chris Street and the Street family is going to be there in attendance on Tuesday night. So if you have the opportunity, absolutely get out there. Make your voice heard. Be there and respect uh, all-time great in Chris Street if you have the ability. Unfortunately for me, I'm going to be calling high school basketball that night. Excited always to call games, but definitely wish I could be in Carver-Hawkeye Arena for that one. But for the ones that made it over there today, you got to see a fun, fun matchup for this Iowa team. Again, the slow start. Looked a little lethargic. He had Patrick coming back. We knew about that. He came off the bench, didn't start him, but he had that kind of angle that was hovering and down 8-2 right away, 8-0. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll strap it in. This team's going to get a little payback for what we did up at the rack. The Well, now it's what the – what's the sandwich shop now? Not Jimmy John's. Why can't I think? Jersey Mike's. Of course, Jersey, right? The Jersey Mike's Arena up there in Piscataway. Iowa got that nice victory on a Sunday in here. Uh, they rolled and did it a couple of different ways. I think you got to start with the bench and what we saw, including uh, Patrick going in there and doing his thing, filling it up from the outside, hitting shots. And had the one three-pointer, didn't catch it exactly clean, still was able to rise up and fire, knock that one down, shot it with confidence, love to see that, and most importantly, love to see him back out there again on the hardwood 
for this Iowa basketball team. Just so important to have him out there doing his thing and and feeling good, right? I mean, that's the most important thing. We sit here and we make a big deal at times, right, about what is happening with this Iowa basketball team, the football team, whatever it is that we're talking about. And it is a big deal in our realm, right? Whatever it is, it's your breakaway, it's your getaway, it's our alma mater, it's the team that you grew up rooting for, whatever it is. But these are still people. And sometimes that can be missed. And there's things that happen. And it was just great to see him out there, see him smiling. There's a great picture of him and Connor after the game, both with big smiles on their faces that are coming off the hardwood. So love to see that and love to see his performance. He wasn't all off the bench, though. And, and I really do like that role for Patrick McCaffrey. We talked in the past about his game, his basketball game. And, and as good as he can be scoring the basketball, not a whole lot of depth to it a guy that you'd like to see rebound a little better, be a better defender, basketball IQ, be a little bit better, better passer. Even as he's skilled at all these things, you want to see it all come together. And coming off the bench, being that instant offense kind of guy, knowing that you're going to come in there, you're going to get the green light. You know, that's something that Fran also does with his guys seemingly every single time. You go in there, you're not going to be pulled for for taking a shot. You're not going to get pulled out of there for, for being aggressive on the offensive end. Those are not the things that ultimately take a guy off the floor when you're playing under Frey McCaffrey. And he has that. You couple that with the other guys that we saw off the bench. How about Josh Dix? Went in against Michigan State. I don't want to say the lights were too bright because I don't believe that. You know, he's been so important. You go back to the Indiana game and what we've seen out of him a couple of different times where he's played really, really well this season. and. They've needed Josh Dix, basically filling that backup point guard role that we anticipated was going to be DeSante Boeing coming into the year. That hasn't been the case, but he's come in there. He's looked confident, had 10 against Michigan, had the matchup against Indiana, what he did there. And same thing here. He just, he comes in, even after a bad turnover, he still plays within himself. He plays smart. He knows how to run a team. This guy has a really, really fun upside, and I'm still excited to see what Josh Dix is ultimately going to be when he's completely healthy. I I think that's still a question mark for him. So got to give a shout-out to the guys off the bench and what they did, both Patrick McCaffrey and Josh Dix. And how about Peyton Sanford, too? You know, hit hit a three-pointer in there, but also mixing it up inside, playing physical in there, doing the dirty work. We talked a little bit and on my radio show. By the way, you can catch me on the radio each and every weekday from 11 to 1 on KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. You can find it on iHeartRadio, and we also have that podcast as well. Myself and Ken Miller talking sports every day. Had a really good caller after the Michigan State game uh, on Friday morning show, and he brought up in that game that was so tough, tenacious, physical. We complained a little bit about the physicality here on Lockdown Hawkeyes about it, but that aside, that that wasn't the best performance by Peyton Sanford, and it was not the game for him. He wasn't shooting it, and defensively, he just was not playing at a high level. Well, he came to play on both ends of the floor here, and though the shots weren't falling for him, he still was able to help out in some kind of way. And when you get that, oh, it's so huge. Be a complete player. I think that's a big part of it. But it wasn't the bench here. No, the starters, they played well. Also in this matchup against the Scarlet Knights as Iowa goes to 2-0 against them. Gets back to even Steven in the Big Ten. 93 points again against the number two team in the country. That was outstanding. We'll talk about the starters. We'll take a look at what's next for this Iowa team. 
where they sit in the bracket projections, not just basketball. We're going to talk some football. Iowa picks up a commitment in the in the transfer portal. Iowa wrestling falls to Penn State yet. I walked away feeling a little bit better about March. We'll talk about that. The Iowa women also on national TV again. That's right. They were out there, and they got the win against Nebraska. We got a busy show for you as we continue here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Well, the NFL playoffs are continuing as we get ready for the huge Super Bowl 57 the only app, app that you need for your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're excited about our new betting partner, Locked On, here because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads. Who's going to score a touchdown in the game? Hey, early look here. I'm jumping back aboard with Kansas City. Philadelphia impressive, but after the Brock Purdy injury, that was a depleted 49er team. I just believe in Mahomes a couple weeks to get ready. That's where I'm going to be jumping out. We'll talk about more prop bets here in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports bar, sportsbook partner of the NFL. As we roll through here on LockedOn, Hawkeyes continuing to smile about the Hawkeyes' nice win against Rutgers 93 to. 82 defensively though it was not the same performance that we saw earlier uh in the game against michigan state still at times played pretty well you know forced some turnovers there i think 18 turnovers and all was the final number out of rutgers was doing good things in there amori he's a beast inside philip Bracha did not have a great performance out of him but but short of that take a look at the starters we talked about patrick mccaffrey coming in hitting the shots and getting out on the floor a great thing to see for him and getting this team going. But the other part I think you definitely have to look at here is what we saw out of Connor. Hit a couple of threes, including the dagger that basically put the game away. But he's just so smart. I mean, he, he just he knows what he's doing out there. He is in the middle of things. He's got his hands in the right place. He just, hey, guy, if you ever played ball, and if you played ball growing up, right, there's that old guy that just knew the right angles, knew the right pass, and, and he'd be annoyed because the athleticism wasn't there, or maybe he's an old sweaty guy or whatever it was. Well, Connor's turned into that guy now in the Big Ten, right? He's been around forever. He knows all the tricks. He knows exactly what to do. He's so smart, so cerebral out there. Just absolutely love what he adds to this team. And this team, they need a guy like that. They need a guy that's a butt of a bit. Uh, he's a butt kicker, right? He's going to go out there and he's going to talk and he's going to jaw and he's going to talk to the officials and he's going to do all those different things. So good and led the team with six assists. We also have to talk about Aaron Eula. So after the Michigan State game, one thing that I mentioned is it was great. He scored really well. And I thought some of the love was going a little too far. He was getting to the rim. You want to see that. But I didn't know if it was just a game. Look, everybody is going to have a game. 
you're playing 25, 28, 30 minutes a game, everybody at most every level of basketball is going to have a good performance. They're going to put in double digits. They're going to have a night like Aaron Euless had against Michigan State. I just didn't know about the sustainability. Well, now it's three straight games scoring double figures. First time that they've won a game with him scoring in double figures. He looks confident. It looks like maybe the light bulb is finally coming on for Aaron Euless at a high level. I didn't know what his upside was. I looked at him, competent backup. He's a starter. That's the role that he has for this team. But you're always maybe looking for an upgrade there, to be honest. Now, if he continues to play like he has now over the last week plus, over these last three games, if he can do that, continue to cut down on the turnovers, just one turnover in this one, I think you can get excited about Aaron Euless and what he is going to add. Uh, finally, Tony Perkins. Boy, it, it's just it's just not working here, but here's what I love about Tony Perkins. Well, there's a lot that I love. and I'm, I'm waiting for, speaking of light bulbs to come on, I'm still waiting. I got a lot of Tony Perkins stock, all right? I got a lot of that stock right now, and I didn't unload. Well, maybe when I had an opportunity to, I just kept buying it up. I'll tell you, two and nine from the floor, but he still was connected on the defensive end. He was still engaged. A lot of times you'll see players, when it's just not working for them offensively, they start to crater. They start to go the other way. Not the case with Tony Perkins. Love to see that he is still out there, still working, because there's been times where felt like he's disappeared or play doesn't go his way and he's not hustling to the other end. That wasn't the case here today. He was out there. He was competing. He was doing the thing, tighten up those handles, hit a shot. That's good. I, I think... He's not a great three-point shooter. He just isn't. But you got to fire him up from time to time. And if you have the open three, don't be shy. Again, we talked about that earlier with Fran and his teams. And he hit the right buttons again. And, and with Tony Perkins, just figuring out just the right times to get him out there. And that's what we had in the game. So Iowa now has this quick turnaround with Northwestern on deck next. Northwestern's good. And I don't get it. I don't know what Collins has done with this team. You lose two huge impact players from a year ago. So right now, you got Pete Nance. He's playing at Carolina. You got another one of your stars from a year ago, Ryan Young. He's over playing at Duke. And here they are. Remember, we saw them last year in the Big Ten tournament. Iowa beats them 112-76 to on the way to the Big Ten championship. So here they are at 15-5. and They are... Six and three in the Big Ten. They are alone in second place. They have ripped off three straight games, beating Wisconsin, Nebraska, okay, but still a road game, and did it by 15. And then by 20 against Minnesota, a Minnesota team that at least had been showing some signs of getting better. And they've been throttling teams. Lost by three to Rutgers. They had that game late. They let that one slip away. The Michigan loss, uh, that was a nip-tuck game that come down to the wire. They're playing well. Credit to Collins because I thought this team was destined for another 12th, 13th, 14th place in the Big Ten this year. Hasn't been the case. Ty Berry's been outstanding along with Boo Booey. Their backcourt is really, really good. Both those guys are playing incredibly well. We'll break that one down a little bit more tomorrow in anticipation of the matchup against the Wildcats. But if you just look at it, you think uh, just Northwestern, we've seen them a lot recently. I will tell you, that is not the case. They have improved immensely this season. They're doing it on the defensive end. They're doing it a little bit offensively, too. How about this? Not turning it over. 
17th in the country in turnover percentage, 22nd in the country in defense's efficiency. So much as we saw in the matchup against Rutgers, is going to be another good defensive team. And let's hope they're ready to go again. There's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance also surrounding this game with the Chris Street and uh, a lot happening around that. Hoping for a big crowd. Connor McCaffrey, he was asking for you guys to get out there too. Let's do it. Let's fill that thing up. 13,900, the attendance here in the game against Rutgers. Let's get north of 14. Let's push that thing out. Let's stack it up for the Street family and have a great environment again for Northwestern. Going to need it. This Northwestern team, not too bad. Well, plenty of basketball here today in an instant reaction podcast as Iowa gets a win against Rutgers, but it was a big weekend overall in Hawkeye Athletics. Start on Friday night, the number one versus number two matchup against Penn State. Gonna tell you why? Don't hit that panic button quite yet with this Iowa team. Still a real possibility for the Hawkeyes to get things going and maybe have a chance at a national championship. We'll talk about the potential for a path there. Iowa women, they had to hang on to get the victory against Nebraska. Not a pretty fourth quarter, but ultimately they get it done 80 to 76 against the Cornhuskers and portal Kirk, Kirk Ferentz. He has hit the portal again this time for more offensive line help. That all comes up here as we continue on Locked On Hawkeyes. Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, all at 8 o'clock Central. That's Locked On NFL Draft. All right, we wrap up here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks again for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Appreciate everybody that listens to us, uh, of course, on the podcast side of things, looking for five-star reviews. Also, a big thank you to everybody that is with us on YouTube. Those people, hit subscribe over there. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. A big thank you to the 1,600-plus there. Trying to get that number to 2,000. By the time we get to March Madness, so just hit subscribe. Let's you know when we go live, when we have Instant Reaction Podcast, whenever we have a podcast coming out for you, you'll get it right away into your feed. Subscribe on YouTube. So let's start with the weekend that was outside of men's basketball in Hawkeye Athletics, and let's start on Friday night as Iowa took on Penn State. Now, it was a duel that obviously did not go the Hawkeyes' way. They fall short in the uh, match. To Penn State, 23-14. Spencer Lee comes out, does his thing right away. Dominating performance in that one. At uh, 133, Brody Teske, he battled for a while. And got hit with the stalling call a couple of times. In fact, got hit with stalling calls and then got caught for the pin. And at that point, you knew things were going to be difficult to pull off this duel. Riel Woods got the win at 141. Good to see for him. Uh, he wins it 4-1. to one. Max Mirren also kind of one of those toss-up matches against Van Ness, and uh, Mirren got the victory in that one as Iowa was out to an early lead. But then at 157, another one of the toss-up matches that definitely Iowa probably needed to get if they were going to pull off the victory. Seabrick couldn't get enough offense going against Haynes. Uh, the red shirt is now burned for Levi Haynes. One to keep an eye on at 157. And he's a guy that they're hoping as a true freshman, maybe it could be an all American type candidate 
He's been really, really good this season. Russell a lot unattached, but want to keep your eye on there for Penn State. Bounce back, get the win at 65 with Patrick Kennedy as he wins that one in overtime. Then Nelson Brands, I mean, he, he wrestled his ass off. He really did. And falling 2-1 to one to Carter Starowski. So these are national championship contenders we're talking about here. These are big time. Aaron Brooks got the technical fall against Drake Woods. Where's Abe Assad? Uh, plenty of speculation about that. Nothing definitive that I have heard. Max Dean against Jacob Warner. That was the championship match from a year ago in the national championship. Again, goes to Max Dean here. Warner's going to have to find a way to get a little more offense going against Dean. Difficult to do. Uh, Dean is just so good uh, in a multitude of different ways. And then ultimately at heavyweight was Cassiope falling to Kirk Levett, a guy that he had beat, I think, the first four times in his career. And now uh, Big Greg has come back and won the last two in that one. Very well could be a preview of the national championship there. Still, I walked away from this duel. And, yeah, frustrating. There are those times. Penn State hanging on the ankle, or riding low, not doing anything. Yeah, we can complain about that. That's wrestling, right? If you're a wrestling fan, I, we all know about that. You want to see Iowa generate more offense. but. I walked away. Look, they're going to have probably four national champions, maybe even five. They're they're that good. And I was going to have to find a way to catch up. It's not just going to be about Spencer Lee. It's going to have to be about Cassiope, Warner, winning national championships. It's going to be Real Woods, winning it all. That's the math that you're going to get there. It very well could be that we saw eight of the ten national champions wrestle in the duel on Friday night. There's still a gap. I'm not saying that there isn't a gap because there still is. But I think you can put together a path here for this Iowa wrestling team to get it done. All 10 classes are going to have to help out. You're going to have to have some surprises like we got a year ago with Warner getting to the championship. You're going to have to have a story like that. You're going to have to have the bonus points. It's going to be Spencer Lee and even Technical Falls. It's like now you got to get pins every single time. Now, if there's ever a guy to do it, as we've seen, is definitely Spencer Lee, and you're asking a lot there. But there, there's a path. That's what I see. Iowa, on the women's basketball side, they get the win uh, this weekend against Nebraska, 80-76. to Got it done. Fourth quarter was not good. What, 2 of 14 from the floor in the fourth quarter. A lot of turnovers, just sloppy play at the end. They held on. Got the victory. Another national audience with Fox, which is just so cool to see. Right, having Fox broadcast these women's basketball games, something just un unthinkable. And yet here we are, and the big reason, obviously, is Caitlin Clark. Hannah Stolke continues to impress what she was able to do again off the bench. She is just so active, so smart, just a, an incredible player. The efficiency inside that they play with with those post players, and you got to give cre credit to the coaching staff for what they do with post players every single time. But now it ramps up again. And it's Maryland. Now, this is not one of Brenda Free's signature teams that won national championships and been to Final Fours. They're not at that level. They're still really good, though. And what they're going to do is they're going to play physical, and they're going to clutch and grab. And we talked about that a lot last week with Michigan State on the men's side, and it's going to be the same type of thing here as they're going to make it as difficult as possible. They are going to be as physical as possible against Caitlin Clark and get the ball out of her hands, and that's going to be the game plan from Maryland, but another one. They set a game back right now in the Big Ten standings. Iowa tied at the top with Indiana. Boy, watch a little bit of that Hoosier team against Michigan uh, the other night. They are really, really impressive 
really liked what I saw out of that Indiana team. And I think they got a chance of not just being a high seed in the NCAA tournament. I think they have a chance to make a run in them, just like we know this Iowa women's team. Uh, it feels like they have a chance of having a run. We've talked about in the past, you know, bracket being on the right side of the bracket, those kind of things. That's all going to matter come March. But this race in the Big Ten, it's going to be fun. It really is. With Ohio State dropping a couple of games last week, Maryland with two losses, Iowa and Indiana at the top, really feels like four really good teams. Probably Michigan, then a, a cut below them, maybe at that number five spot. But overall, really good uh, top level of the Big Ten this year. There's some, there's some rough ones on the bottom on the women's side, but overall, hey, beat those teams. Go on the road if you have to play them. Make sure you find a way to get a win. We talked about that last week with the women's team, being able to do that in a game where they just didn't play very well, but finding a way to get it done against Michigan State. Certainly got to like that. And we wrap things up with Portal Kirk. He hits again. That's right. Another transfer coming in for Iowa, and that is Rusty Feth, offensive lineman from Miami of Ohio. So he has committed to the Hawkeyes. He does have to finish this semester at Miami of Ohio before he'll be eligible to be a grad transfer and get another year of eligibility. But he will be helped for the interior of the offensive line. We talked about Dejon Parker, who will come on, probably be the right tackle. I would anticipate next season coming in uh, from out in Michigan playing D2 football out there. He'll come in, anticipated starter to help out at the tackle spot. You know, there's some things, some scouts will tell you. He's still got to clean up a few things mechanically. There's going to be some technical things that the staff is going to work with with him. But George Barnett, the offensive line coach, he is going to have a lot more pieces now. Now, he's worked the last two years really with an incredibly inexperienced offensive line. And now it's put up or shut up time, right? For Barnett, you got a couple of transfers coming in to help that offensive line. All those young guys that you've developed over the last two years, now they're upperclassmen. I think Richmond has a chance to be really, really good in his future. I know they're poking around in. Now the interesting thing with Rusty Feth is, what do they do with them? Because the last two years, he was all Mac playing the center position. I, I know what I've heard out there, saw both David Eichold of uh, 24-7 sports and also uh, Tom Caker say that they've heard maybe targeted more for a guard position for Rusty Feth, but I know they like the future of Logan Jones, but if this is just a one year and that's what it looks like, he has one year of eligibility, does Feth, I'd be willing to hand the reins off to him, a veteran, and saying you're going to be the center. Logan Jones, hey, you get another year to learn, do it inside at the guard position, and then the job will be yours going forward in 2024 at the center spot. Now, I'm no coach. I don't break down film. I don't get the all 22. This is just guesswork. And still being an all-conference player in the MAC, it's a big step up in competition here coming into the Big Ten this season. But excited about it. It's something that I had on my wish list coming into the year, uh, coming into the offseason is help on the interior of the offensive line. Yes, we knew we needed help at the tackle spot, and we're able to get that with Parker. But also help and building that depth up, incredibly important. I really like uh, what they did there. Also over the weekend, Grant Leeper, he is a high school tight end from Indiana. He took a visit to Iowa City. He was in Wake Forest before that. Uh, looks like it's coming down to those final two. In fact, maybe as you listen to this, some news is going to come out. A lot of signs pointing, though, that he is going to give his verbal commitment and then sign next week with the Hawkeyes as we get closer and closer to signing day in the middle of the week. Also, Iowa has added a transfer from Ohio State, a wide receiver transfer. Don't get it too excited. He is a walk-on. It is Austin Kuchar, not to be 
confused by Ashton Kutcher, but Austin Kutcher will be coming in. Any help is better, right? Just adding dudes and maybe somebody will hit and somebody will click. Look, he was going to play at Ohio State. Could he play at Iowa? Great unknown. He's going to be here. He is already enrolled. He'll be there for spring practice. And they need bodies, right? Need bodies to go through practice. And more wide receivers, never a bad thing. The jewel, though, maybe of the weekend is Nick Jackson. He is a linebacker. Played the last three years at Virginia, an all-ACC player. Middle linebacker, obviously the departure of Jack Campbell is going to be impactful, coupled with Seth Benson also moving on. So you got a lot of help. You thought Justin Jacobs was going to be back this year. That's not going to be the case, as he will be getting his mail in Eugene, Oregon. So all three starting linebackers from the beginning of the year last year, they are all departed. We saw Jay Higgins take a big step forward this year. I think he's ready to go, but if they can get Nick Jackson, Defensive line's going to be stout. They are deep. They have a lot of dudes that they can go with. You're excited about that. You know the defensive backfield. Every single year, they're going to be in good shape in that defensive backfield. But what about the middle? Higgins can't do it alone. Nick Jansen. Now, Jackson has already taken visits to Oklahoma and Auburn. We know their war chests are going to be open. Isn't it crazy that we can just talk in the open, too, about NIL? I'm just... Absolutely wild that we're just talking about, yeah, well, who's got who's got the money? Who's got stuff left that they're going to be able to give to players for next season? Ah, the world that we live in. One final thing. Back to basketball for a moment. I, I can't believe I had in my notes. I didn't get to it. Maybe the highlight of the day. How about Riley Mulvey doing a little shimmy? Oh, so funny. Oh, Oh, good stuff there. Well, it always feels a little bit better when the Hawkeyes get a win, and they do there. We will keep an eye on the transfer portal for that. Get ready for Iowa Northwestern coming up on Tuesday. The women back in action then on Thursday in that matchup against Maryland. Busy week over at Carver. Hawkeye Arena should be a lot of fun. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast. It's Locked On college basketball our experts isaac shoddy and andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the floor plus hear from the big name experts coaches and players throughout the basketball landscape locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts busy week for you we got you cut your team every day it's locked on hawkeyes we'll talk to you again tomorrow go hawks